Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to episode 55 of the G-Men Journal Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Beccarelli, and today I am joined over the phone by an all-too-familiar guest to this podcast, Dylan Wack. Yep. Um, obviously, last night was a special night, considering it was the first live sports event um, in around six weeks. Yeah, um, for sure. A lot of... Um, very entertaining night last night. A um, lot of reaches, steals, um, surprises in the first round. Um, we're going to talk about it all um, on Dylan's podcast, um, which uh, we will be recording right after this episode, um, where we're going to basically review the entire first round. But um, on this episode, um, we're just going to be talking about um, the Giants' uh, one and only pick um, in the first round. Um, as well as pointing out some dates and targets um, for the Giants. Um, so, yeah, that's what to look for um, on both my podcast and Dylan's podcast. But before we get started today, I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Chris J. Beccarelli. If you're a small business and you're looking for an accountant to help with your tax needs, call Chris J. Beccarelli, CPA. Chris J. Beccarelli, we don't forget about the little guest. Big thanks to him for sponsoring this episode, and I think we will get it started here. Um, and first, we're just going to uh, talk about um, the Giants' uh, one and only first-round pick, Andrew Thomas. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of people, including ourselves, uh, were either surprised or not too fond of this pick. Right. It was a reach. Um, people saw it as just a not-good pick that they didn't want him. I have came around on it just slightly. Um, as you'll, you'll see what I really think of it when we, or you'll see his grade when we do. I Are we doing a grade on this? Yeah, we're doing grades on this. Okay, so we're doing a grade, and then I have a grade for every first rounder and draft comparisons that I made that we will talk about on this pod that will come out around the same time probably as this one. Uh so, I, I think it was a – it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I, I think as soon as um, – I think as soon as I heard the pick, I was – I wasn't happy with it. But I think, you know, as I look back on it, I think it was more – I was just surprised um, at the pick more than I was, you know, annoyed at it. Um, I think the more that you look at it, the more it kind of makes, makes a little bit of sense – um, to me, I don't think it was the right pick um, at four. Um, but I think that, you know, I think it does make some sense. I think as soon as I saw the pick, I instantly called Dylan and talked about how it didn't make sense whatsoever. But I think the more that I've thought about it, the more it kind of makes a little bit of sense. And you can kind of see where Gettleman and the Giants are coming from at this point. Uh, yeah, my problem with this pick, or a negative standpoint of this pick, is um, the fact that he just is not as talented as the other three alignments. Sure, and I think I said this um, to Dylan. I don't know if I said it to you last night, but I know I sent it to you um, this morning. I think that this, you know, looking back, I think that this is, what is the first um, pick um, that the coronavirus actually impacted. You know, I think that... Um, you know, one, two, three, I think we all kind of expected that. But I think when you get to four, I think 
two reasons why I think the coronavirus impacted this pick. Number one, I think that GMs in general were a little um, cautious as making trades. I think that especially within the top 10, um, you know, obviously there was, you know, a few trades um, beyond in the 20s and um, and the 13-14 was the first, but this was the first draft, I believe, if I heard correctly last night, that there wasn't a trade um, in the top 10 in, in since I think it was 2015 or something like that. So I think that the, the the you know doing the whole thing virtually I think kind of scared a lot of GMs so I think that that kind of you know scared off um, you know like some GMs and made it harder you know to trade obviously they said that um, that Gettleman said that there weren't um, even you know any offers that they even really considered um, which and you know that's interesting um, to me. Um, and I think the second reason that the coronavirus impacted this pick is I think that, you know, either way, when you're taking a tackle, right, I think that whether it's, you know, a Wills or a Worfs, the Wills and Worfs guys, they're kind of, they're, you know, a traditional right tackle, right? I think, um, I know Worfs did play um, a little bit of left tackle, but for the most part, those guys played right tackle. So I think that in, you know, coming to the Giants, I think that left tackle is such a liability at this point for the Giants. I think that they will end up, I think I personally thought that either way they were going to, um, to end up moving the guy they took potentially to the left tackle position, because I think, you know, that's Dan Root Jones's blind side. Um, and I think that they just end up moving Solder to right tackle at this point. Um, and I think, you know, it's almost like, you know, would you rather have, you know, a solid right tackle with an awful left tackle, right? If you take, you know, a solder or or not, if you keep solder at left tackle and you take a, you know, a Wills or um, even a Works, or would you rather slide one of those guys over to left and try to work out um, solder at right tackle or even Cam Fleming? I think either way you have a liability on one of them. I personally would rather have the left tackle short up a little bit, but I think Daniel Jones fumbles a lot, right? Because that's that's his blind side, and he fumbles a lot. So I think that you know when you're taking a Wills or Worfs, I think you have to groom them into becoming a left tackle. And in a year where you know we might not have you know the OTAs, the mini camps, you know your typical preseason that you would have to potentially. Um, you know, to potentially groom a right tackle into a left tackle. I think that, you know, with a lot of uncertainty, like I just said, you know, we might not have, right, your typical preseason and, you know, your normal preseason workout. So I think that there's a lot of question marks, obviously, surrounding um, the coronavirus pandemic right now. Um, but I think that at this point that Thomas is the most sure thing at left tackle. Oh, yeah. Uh, just to go back a little when you were talking about the trades, the lack of trades in the top 10, and I think maybe there were no need to make trades. I think it might have worked out for the Giants had they made a trade, traded down to 6, 9, something like that, and took in Andrew Thomas, and then I probably wouldn't have been as mad. But uh, I think I, I think 
Dolphins and Chargers had their guys with Tua and Herbert. So I didn't think there was a need for them to trade. Right, and and the one rumor that did actually come out was that, you know, while um, the the Dolphins were trying to move up to three, right, we knew that. But for, you know, reasons that, that Schefter, I think, reported um, later in the night that actually he was hearing that um, if the Dolphins traded up, that the pick was going to be Andrew Thomas at three. Um, yeah. And to a tug of Iloa. Uh Yeah, and that's obviously an interesting scenario for the Giants. Um, so, so are we taking then? Right. Uh, if, especially for Gettleman, um, if he was so sure on Andrew Thomas being the guy, are we sure he doesn't go like Simmons with the fourth pick if Thomas goes three? Akuda? Sure. Right, so. That's right. It. So, yeah, it's an interesting scenario, um, although it's a scenario that you know, will be more of a what if than um, than anything else at this point. But I, I do think that that would be really interesting. Um, I think let's move on to the grading perspective. What what is your grade here for the Giants with this pick? Um. So as you'll see if you listen to my podcast later, um, I gave this pick a C. Okay. okay. What for? I can't even lie. Um. So I made all of these off of first glance because I watched um, pretty much the whole first round except for, um, you know, I watched, I didn't watch 28 through 32, but I watched the first 27 picks. Um, Mm -hmm. And those were all first glance. The other ones weren't, but but still, um, yeah, I think. So would you, if you were just doing it right before the podcast, like I did, would, would you have moved that grade up a little bit? I would have probably made it up or moved it up to a C plus, maybe B minus. Okay, I gave the the Giants um, a B with this, um, and two reasons. Number one, I think as we just talked about, it makes sense, right? It makes sense. And well, you might be wondering, well, if it makes so much sense, why isn't it, you know, an A or an A plus? Well, it makes sense, but but he's not as talented as the other guys, right? The Wills or Worfs is. You know, they're they're just better, period, on, you know, a talent, you know, scale. Um, you know, if you go back and watch it, you know, there's no questioning. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Thomas is a better prospect than Will DeWorth. He's just not. But I think you put him in the system and, you know, there's clearly a need at left tackle, right? Um, Solder allowed something like 11 sacks last year from the left side. That's ridiculous, right? And and he allowed 11 sacks and three fumbles, right? So you take away three fumbles and 11 sacks from the Giants last year, but they might end up winning, you know, a game or two more just because that offensive line last year was so bad. And, you know, with – I think that Thomas is also, I think, the best – in my opinion, he's the best run blocker in this draft. And I think that that goes to show you, and that kind of previews what – Joe Judge's offense is going to look like, you know, from all these, from all these um, press conferences that he's been doing, he, he said, you know, quote, we're going to punch you in the mouth for for 60 minutes, right? And that tells me he wants to pound the ball with Saquon Barkley, right? He wants to run a lot. And I like that, you know, when you have a potentially, you know, generational, you know, once a generation type player with Saquon Barkley, I think that that's probably the way you go with a run-heavy offense. 
Yeah, and we weren't – I don't know about you, and I know we saw it kind of in the rookie season, not as much. This year and whether you fault the offensive line for that or not, um, I don't think Shermer was the guy who was going to focus on Saquon. I just don't sure. think ever how he was going to run the offense. So I think whether you think it was Saquon's injury or that he had a fluke rookie season, whatever, I think this pick, or at least Joe Judge's new offense, will definitely benefit Saquon. And um, having someone on the left will help him even more. Yeah, and I think that – you know, it, I still don't think that was the guy. You know, in my opinion, I, I still would have picked Simmons if it was my decision. But I think that the one the one problem with taking Simmons, and I think the thing that I've kind of realized is, and I think I figured out kind of the way, the reason he felt, is he's so versatile. I don't know where you put him in the Giants' defense. I don't know that they have that type of spot, and I don't know that they have that type of openly thinking you know, um, defensive coordinator and coaching staff and, you know, even front office where they're just basically going to say to them, you know, go, go do your thing, right? Go run around. Whereas, you know, in Arizona, I really like that fit because I think, you know, in Arizona, he might, you know, with an open-minded coach like Cliff Kingsbury, who, you know, has a very versatile star in Kyler Murray, who's, you know, kind of open-minded, I think he'll fit well there because, you know, He's very open-minded. He's very open. I think he can sit there and say to Isaiah Simmons, we're going to put you on defense, go do your thing, right? Um, but I think, you know, if he goes to the Giants there, and, you know, even in Carolina, I'm not 100% sure that they they open up the playbook to him and say, all right, go get us a sack or two a game, and you can grab an interception if you want, and, you know, just go tackle everyone. I'm not sure that, you know, that happens in New York. Right, and, and especially for the Cardinals, and maybe it would have been for the Giants, too, because their defense is weak, but, like, like Isaiah Simmons is the guy in Arizona now. Um, right. He, he, especially, I think, with his versatility, um, will, will be the guy everywhere. I don't know. He obviously got touches at, on the D-line and at cornerback. At Clemson, I don't see him at either of those things, but I think he'd be a great um, safety or linebacker safety hybrid, whatever it's called. Um, right. Uh, I, I think he's so versatile that it doesn't matter where you put him. Sure. Right, but I think – I guess my point was I don't know if he goes to the Giants. I don't know that they have the ability to fully maximize his potential because I don't know that – you know, they're built, they're, you know, they're, their defense is built so that they can have a guy play, you know, the linebacker hybrid role. I think that their defense is built so that they can have a linebacker and then a safety. I don't think that they have, you know, that position where someone like an Isaiah Simmons or anyone else of these, you know, versatile playmakers can sit there and, you know, can open up the defensive playbook, you know, like I've said, and, you know, just kind of go, do your thing um, as a hybrid. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, okay. So I think um, if you don't have anything else to say, I think we can move on to kind of targets for round two and even their compensation pick in three if you want to go that far. Um, I think we'll move on to that now. Yeah, so obviously with the slight or major falls of some of these guys, who we had projected in the first round, 
that changes what the the perspective of the second round is. Um, right. I think if you're the Giants, you either go with. I mean, it's probably either going to be one of the two edge rushers if they're on the board in Yadira Gross Matos and AJ Espinessa or Espinessa. Yeah. Um. Or or um a guy. A linebacker like Zach Bond, if he's on the board, or one of the safeties, if Xavier McKinney's um, fall continues, uh, Grant Delpit, Anton Winfield, one of those guys. Uh, I, I don't think they can go too wrong if they choose one of those guys. Yeah, I think that um, that any of those guys makes sense to me. My preference would probably be towards either um, Gross Matos or... A pensa, and I would um, also enjoy. Um, I would like. Um, I'd be fine with, and I'd be actually more than fine with. You know, a, a Zach Bond guy um, out of you know Wisconsin. Um, I know you would love to see him uh, make plays on that defense, um, but I think that I think that at this point, like you said, it's kind of tough to go wrong. Um, I think that the one, not necessarily problem, but. Um, problem for lack of better word basically is if you know if you go with a McKinney or a Delpit or a Winfield Jr. I don't know that safety I don't know that that's their type of safety role I think that McKinney is kind of going to be your anchor strong safety and I think that they have that in Jabril Peppers I think that if you're going to go with the safety my personal pick would probably be Winfield Jr. who can be the free safety and then also kind of step up and play nickel corner um, when needed. So I think that if they're going the safety route, my personal pick would be Winfield Jr., even though I do still think that McKinney would be – is, you know, a better prospect than him. I just don't necessarily see the fit with McKinney. Right, and I think especially after this first round, I think Edelman's approach is the fit, not necessarily the talent. Um, right. Which would – is why it would not surprise me if McKinney's still on the board and they don't select him. Uh, I, I was thinking about this randomly, and I think it's kind of funny if the Giants have two um, linebackers from Wisconsin. Yeah. Ryan Connolly, and who actually looked decent before he tore his ACL, and wow. Zach Bond. Uh, I obviously want them to take Zach Bond because he was awesome. He's an All-American. Um, but I, it would make sense if they didn't. Yeah, I think that my personal preference would be um, to Gross Matos or Apensa, like I talked about, um, just because I think that, you know, edge rusher is such a need. And if you can get to probably first-round talents, in my mind, at 36, I think that's ideal, in my opinion. Yeah, and and I think Bon and definitely McKinney are potentially first-round talents, too. And I sure. think... I think this draft was very, um, like, there were talents or there were people who were selected in the first round solely because of need or because of, I don't even know. Um, Like, I feel like these guys fell, and and I think it'd be good for the Giants to snag them at 36, but I I wouldn't be too surprised if they still go for, like, a guy who is a second-round talent. Sure. All right, so I think that that's it there. There is one more thing I do want to get to before we wrap it up. I know that I said that this would be the end, but one more thing came to mind. Give me your, Dylan, give me your steal of the draft, your surprise of the draft, your reach of the draft, 
um, and you're full of the draft. And can they be, um, and they can be, okay, uh, steal of the draft, easily Jeff Gladney falling to the Vikings at 31. Yeah, I, I, that would be my pick as well. I think that, I think we both had him going, if I remember correctly. I had him going 19, you had him going 21. Yeah, so either way, I think that he falls 10, um, there. Okay, who's your steal of the, or who's your reach of the draft? Jordan Love to the, or not Jordan Love, uh, David Arnett to the Raiders. Terrible. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. I, I don't think I'm neither of us. I don't know if you did, but I went back and checked. We neither of us had, or I don't know if you did, but I, I went back and checked. Um, I didn't have him going the first or second rounds. So for him to go at 19, that's for sure. That's the reach of the draft, in my opinion. Um, what was the surprise of the draft? And you said you watch all. Um, all 27 live, or the first 27 live, which one just kind of took you aback the most? Obviously, Andrew Thomas scared me because I cared, but I'm not that surprised. Surprised. Um, I gotta go uh, Jordan Love to the Packers. Yeah, I think um, that definitely makes sense. That or probably Rieger. Um, the Eagles, yeah. Uh, I think C.D. Lamb, not necessarily as in a not great pick, but as in surprising because is that really what the Cowboys needed? Um, I think that was sure. surprising. Yeah, but I think I think that's just one of those things at that point. It's like, you know, well, he's he's so good. And, you know, that tells me that they weren't probably – they probably weren't sold um, on McKinney. Um, but I think that – I think, you know, I saw that and I was kind of just like, you know, well, you know, that means to me that they're um, – that they're, you know, not sold on McKinney and that, you know, they're really looking to improve that offense. Um, so I think they're putting a lot of weapons around Dak, so hopefully he can make something happen finally. Um, or not hopefully, but... Yeah, there were three guys Cowboys, selected but... in the first round, I'm pretty sure. Or there were three guys selected in the first round that I didn't even have going in the first two. Um, uh, Damon Arnett's one of them. Uh, Isaiah Wilson, I know you had him, but I didn't have him. Uh, right. And I don't remember who the third one is. Uh, I think an interesting thing that didn't necessarily surprise me, but was was interesting. Um, obviously, the Chiefs, I think, I think the Chiefs passing on Swift or JT or even Dobbins um, to take Clyde Edwards. Hilaire, who I did have as a second running back taken. Um, right is interesting in some sense. Yeah, I think I had him taken. I had him as the fourth running back taken. Um, I was definitely taken aback um, by that. I didn't watch that live, uh, but I did. I well, as soon as I checked my phone in the morning, I was kind of um, surprised by that. But yeah, so that's. Um, I think that's about it um, for this one. Um, I think we will um, be about to swing it over to the DW podcast. Um, on to Dylan's, um, where we will give each pick um, in the first round a grade. So please check that out. Um, if you guys don't already listen to it, great podcast by Dylan. Um, I am on a bunch of those. Um, and he's also doing um, a new one called the PFC podcast. Um, you can find that on the same thread um, as the DW podcast. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. Um, like I've said a bunch of times, go check out that DW podcast that we're about to run. 
Um, so yeah, so that's it. Thank you guys for listening and I hope you enjoyed.